Gardner, and welcome to Perspectives, which is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women. And I'm really thrilled to be talking to my new friend today, Lenore Moritz. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. We've had such great conversations in the little bit of time since our mutual friend, Matt Schechner, introduced us. And I'm really thrilled to um, share your story with everyone today. So could we start, you've had a really interesting career. Can we start up until what you're doing now? Yes, for sure. And and we'll give another shout out to Matt because he's awesome. <laughs> um, I grew up on the East Coast and then I hightailed it over to Vanderbilt University in Nashville. Um, and then from there, I interviewed on campus and landed my first role in Atlanta. It didn't matter to me what the work was. I was just excited to live in Atlanta. So I took the job. And, you know, at the age of 22, that seems like a good enough criteria to like the city that it is. So I did that. But about a year and a half into it, I realized I should probably figure out what I want to do so I can go a little deeper. And I started to talk to lots of different people. Um, and one of the people was a PR person. And she was like, you know, you seem to have the right disposition for public relations. You say you like to work. I'm going to hook you up with this PR agency in Atlanta, in town. So I met with them. I landed an internship. So I left my paying job for an unpaid internship, but that was the way I had to do it to figure out if I liked any of this. And it turns out I did. And about three months into that, I moved to New York for an entry-level position with a very large uh, global PR agency. Did that for a couple of years, moved over to Dan Cloris Communications, known as DKC. Still love that agency. I think it's amazing. Um, learned so much, worked really hard. Um, in that time frame, I also actually started to get into a wellness community because it was just, I don't even, I actually don't quite remember how I fell into it, but I loved it. So I started to learn Reiki and I got trained in Reiki. I studied with some intuitives. I did a bunch of different kinds of meditation so I could figure out what resonated for me. Um, and then also in that time frame. 9-11 happened, which of course was a transformative moment for all of us, but especially I think if you lived in New York during that time. So I had this YOLO moment, like you only live once. I don't think it was coined back then, but um, I had that moment and I was newly married at that time. And we decided that we would take off and travel and kind of leave our life in New York behind and have this new adventure. So we traveled abroad, we traveled in the U.S., we ended up in Maine for a few months, and then we moved to Minneapolis, uh, where he was from, to um, have kids and kind of start a family. So I had my kids there and started a business called Mom Culture, which connected new parents with live arts and entertainment events. And I really started it because I needed it, because it was something that I was missing, and um, I was able to figure out how to do it and really enjoyed mom culture, but then we wanted to move back to New York. Um, I wasn't quite sure at that time how to transfer that business. So I landed back in my communications path. So I took a job with NBC Universal, then with Viacom, then with Time Inc. Um, more recently, most recently with United Talent Agency, UTA. So I had my whole career even on the PR agency side in entertainment and media. 
Um, in between that, I got certified to teach meditation and mindfulness. I got certified as a coach. I did some consulting and here we are. And here we are. And then we'll talk about what you're doing now. But sort of to lead up to that, throughout your adult life, as you've been saying, and you know, you have felt this yearning, my understanding is, to really understand your place in the world. And how has that manifested in terms of your work? Mm -hmm. So that's so funny. It sounds so righteous. But what I mean by <laughs> what I mean by place is that, you know, we all have a lot of distractions. We also tend to do a lot of comparing of how our lives look to other people. And all of that stuff kind of throws us off our path. So for me, it was often just checking in with myself and asking what I needed. And that's shown up in my work in different ways. And for example, in my 20s, my work was very much like work really hard, play really hard. So for me, when I left the office after a long day, often I was going to meet my friends at a bar. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I felt like I needed to bring something else into my life at that moment for some balance. So I started to take classes at that time so I could get out of the office at a certain time, at least once a week and have something interesting to do. So I, I took some classes at the new school. One was called New York for New Yorkers, which was amazing. And uh, then I got into... Jewelry, silver jewelry making. And I started to make and sell some of my jewelry, but that's a different story. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it showed up also like in Minneapolis when I started mom culture, which I mentioned. And I started that because it was a need that I had that didn't exist. And I wanted some community. And, you know, in the last dozen years, I think I see it as my mindfulness practice is really integrated into my work life in new ways. So from productivity and focus to how I was reacting to things like office politics and challenges in my workday. So I was riding the waves of all this stuff that happens in a day, but in a different way, using my mindfulness. Um, and also, I should mention that my role as a mom definitely helps me have a sense of place as well. So through a divorce and through career changes, having kids has helped me prioritize, stay grounded and, and really focused. Well, this seems like actually the right time then to talk about your new practice. Can you tell me a little bit about your your new firm, Momentum? Yes. Um, so Momentum is about helping individuals, leaders, and teams find their new roadmap. You know, we all know in the last few years, things have changed in ways that nobody could have anticipated. And we're all just figuring out, you know, how to work with this constantly evolving new normal. So whether it's your own personal career journey or you in the context of a larger organization, it's never been more complicated and more vital to connect the head, the heart, and the wallet, you know, that's yours or the company's. Um, so the offerings at Momentum, connecting head, heart, wallet, and creating new pathways are through coaching, mindfulness, and interpersonal communications. And I'm doing it for groups as well as for one-on-one -on -one with individuals. Um, and a couple of unique things, I think, that came into momentum, into my company. One is that I am you, right? I have worked my whole adult life navigating change, navigating challenge for myself and for other people. So I connect on that level. 
And the other thing is that the through line in all these offerings and the philosophy, the philosophy of my own company is awareness. So awareness helps us live and work with purpose and on purpose instead of kind of haphazardly or impulsively reacting. Um, and, you know, one, one thing worth noting is I started, you know, starting this business felt like a really organic evolution for me. My longtime day job as a communications executive involved advising and mentoring and active listening, ideating and creating a plan to move goals or issues, you know, move goals forward, address issues head on. So no matter if I was reacting with C-suite or my colleagues who were just starting out in a career, there was this common reality that we are all just caught up in our own fabricated stories. What's going to happen in the future? Or we're stuck in the past. But when we paused and when we focused on the present reality, we just had more clarity and could move forward more efficiently and, and kind of with more grace. Um, and, you know, and coaching, I, I should mention that coaching was something I started because I was interested in having another tool in my toolbox as mm -hmm. I was working with people. But what I found when I was taking my program and working with other, you know, classmates there and coaching is that I really loved it. And it felt very innate to me and it felt very fulfilling. So, you know, all this side hustle that I had um, teaching meditation and coaching, I just had to turn it into a full-time gig because it was too good, too good for me, too fulfilling. <laughs> well, I love how you say, um, because so many of us, and definitely when I say that, I include myself, are just putting out fires every day all over the place metaphorical fires, of course. And, and, you know, you, you don't stop. And then when I think to myself, uh, I really need to focus. I really need to be present. I need to be in the moment. You know, the best I can do is say, okay, well, I'm getting away from my, my phone. But one of the things I love in the materials that you shared with me about your company is how you say that momentum begins with a moment. Mm -hmm. Can you please elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So moment in that context for me means really a pause. You just take a breath, you kind of assess what's going on, and you take time out from your busyness to, to figure out what you want to do and what's really going on for you. Um, and whether, again, that's like developmental and it's a goal you want to reach, or if it's a certain issue that's happening at that moment, it's just taking a pause to understand it go a little deeper, have some clarity, figure out a strategy, and figure out a plan to move forward. So it's it's that same, like there's a saying, you have to slow down to speed up. So it's taking a moment, taking a pause so that we can accelerate. Um, and then one other context for me with MOMENT was that it basically also stands for an acronym because it became a framework for me around group coaching. So MOMENT, each, each of those letters, is a piece of what we would do in group coaching. Oh, what are those? <laughs> no. What are they? So M is the motivation. I mean, it won't, out of context, it's, well, I can give a little color with it, but M is motivation. It's kind of, what do we want to focus on? And so as a group, sometimes you're, you know, if I'm working with a group, it could be one thing that the entire group is working on, or it can be individuals within that group. What do we want to work on today? 
O is observation. You know, what's coming up for you around that? Obviously, there's a lot more. We go a little deeper when we're working together. Um, M is a mindful mindset. E is evaluating. Uh, N is neutrality. There's no judgment when it comes to things like that. There's no judgment in coaching. There's no judgment in mindfulness. And T is the transformation that comes from all of that. This is terrific. I, I really think both for leaders on their own journey and also on their journey in leading others, because, you know, in today's world, and I'm quoting you on this, leaders need a new roadmap now because we're all working with a younger workforce and they expect different things out of their leaders. So can we talk about that a little, please? Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. My own kids are young Gen Zers. So like they're, they're just before whatever that like new, new, new generation is. Um, so they're not in the workforce yet, but I see how this generation has been informed. So things are super transparent, right? Like on the Snapchat location map, they know where their friends are at every minute. Um, the way they have to disseminate truth from fiction online, the way they can observe or get involved in a movement or make change, you know, they're seeing this is this is Gen Z. So in a workplace being led by people who didn't grow up with these realities, it can be really tricky to figure out how transparency works, how involved to get in cultural and social issues, how to reconcile different opinions. Like we're hearing it all the time. Are we hybrid? Are we remote? Are we coming back to the office? Like everybody has a different opinion. So it's a lot to sift through. Plus you have to do your job. You have to move your personal goals and the company goals forward. So, you know, what I'm finding is the youngest colleagues to the C-suite, there needs to be this open understanding, right? We have to understand each other and we have to reconcile so that we're all, you know, rallying towards this common goal while we're respecting each person's individual goals and the value that each person brings to the table, no matter how long they've been in the workforce, because they're teaching you know, the leaders, the younger ones are teaching the leaders a lot about how the world works now. And, you know, it, it, there has to be some reconciling of this. You know, companies are the sum of all the parts, all the people matter. So no matter if you're in a big company or the entrepreneurs running their own business, the same applies, you know, to the clients that you're working with. Some of them are going to be Gen Zs and we have to all, you know, get our heads over. Some people listening are Gen Zs, I'm certain. So, you know, we all have to learn from each other. Um, and, and the truth is also that we live in sometimes an echo chamber, right, of our colleagues, our peers, our friends, our family. And so we're, we don't really open up enough. Um, we don't quite open up to knowing how to operate differently. So that's why, you know, when you're working with maybe somebody else who's not in that company, who's not in that, you, you start to see a different perspective. So whether you do that through people you read or people you listen to on podcasts or people that you, you know, hire to come work with you. It's almost like we we kind of all need this at some point. We all need to understand the new perspective and this new way of going forward. Yeah, I know that makes so much sense. So for some people who are interested in this in their day-to-day business, like we're talking now about leadership, but Some of what we've been talking about may feel a little too touchy-feely for them, (laughs) but I would think a person could embrace this as as much as they want because it's also about the bottom line of business, isn't it? And you mentioned it when you said, you know, as one of the components, you're connecting your wallet. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Well, listen, you're, I have a lot of friends who fall into that camp. I have a lot of friends who are very skeptical about meditation and about coaching and about all this stuff. Um, but it's really funny because when I give them a very simple technique or something to try, it always works. And there's so much science when it comes to mindfulness. There's so much science about mindfulness in the workplace. And it, it really does. I, I see it in my own. I can tell you anecdotally it worked for me, but there is science behind increasing productivity, reducing absenteeism, creating a more collaborative and happy culture and really positively impacting performance. So, you know, I've mentioned that mindfulness is about operating with intention. Um, and when you look up antonyms of intention, it's disregard, neglect, and waste. So <laughs> I don't think too many people want the opposite of intention. Like people don't want to be working with people or companies that are any of those antonyms of intention. So there really is science and there really is, you know, meaning behind it. And as for coaching, you know, think of it this way. Most elite athletes have a coach. They have someone to push themselves, push them out of their comfort zone to help them unlock ways to improve their performance and to hold them accountable. So why wouldn't a business person want the same thing? I'm sold. <laughs> for someone who may not, who's listening, but they may not be ready for your practice yet, or, yeah. you know, looking to have such guidance. Are there some tips that you could share with us about ways to feel present? Yes. A couple of quick and easy tips. One of them involves the breath. So anytime you exhale for longer than you inhale, you're firing up your parasympathetic nervous system with your rest and restore state. So we operate all day long in fight or flight, which is important, right? We need that. We need to be ready. But we also need to know how to regulate modulate between fight or flight and rest and restore. So if you inhale for a count of five, let's say, whatever your natural inhale is, and you exhale for seven or eight, you are going to feel instant calm. And if you do that three times, it really is magic. And it takes, I don't know, 12 seconds maybe. So I've used that a lot before meetings, before challenging conversations, you know, just to kind of center and get some calm. Um, another thing that I think is super easy is the mantra, I am here now. And you can, I, I've, I've offered this advice to people, like put it on a post-it note and put it on your screen. Like we're looking at our screens all day long. And when you're having, you know, a chaotic moment or you're like back to back to back Zooms or whatever, you, this takes also just 10 seconds. You can fit it in between a Zoom. So on the inhale, I am, and on the exhale, here now. And it will just, again, bring you some calm. It will ground you. You can use that one in a long line or in traffic. You know, that works everywhere as well. All of these things. My whole point is like, what can I give you that you can take into your day that you can use anywhere, anytime? It's, I find it really interesting how those kind of phrases you say to yourself, I am a very, very frequent flyer. And when it gets super bumpy, I just lose my mind, even though I've done it so, so many times. And I don't even think it's dangerous. But, you know, as soon I allow myself the this when the flight attendants need to strap themselves in, you know, then I'm just like, but I read this book and it has not totally helped me. But where it says, 
you assess the situation, you realize it's not an emergency, and you say to yourself while breathing over and over, this is not an emergency situation. And I find that pretty helpful. So I can see where this as well in a different context, but talking to yourself could be really helpful. Can we talk a little bit also in this same vein about meditation? I am a person who has tried to meditate so many times. I just can't, uh, I can't get into it. And I know it's played a really important role in your life. And I'd love to hear some of tips for maybe beginning meditators. (laughs) Yes. So it doesn't need to be daunting to start out. So the, you know, they think the thing that people get really afraid of is that they don't have the time for it. So that's one thing that we can address is I teach that it's not about the length of time that you spend with it, but the constant practice, like the consistency of having a practice. So even if you have one minute a day, that's better than nothing. And that will actually matter and it will add up and it will make a change in your life. So it's not about having, oh, I don't have 10 minutes or 20 minutes every day to do it. It's about, I probably can figure out one minute to do it. And there's so many different techniques. You know, we're talking a lot about meditation, but for me, the larger picture is mindfulness and mind meditation is one way to access mindfulness but there are many techniques and they're not all about sitting and breathing. So I teach a a variety of ways to access mindfulness. And again, some of them, as I just pointed out a couple of tips, you know, they take 10 seconds or, you know, 20 seconds. They're not long and they bring you to a different place and they bring you to right here, right now. So that's one thing. Um, And the other thing that people get turned off by is they say they're not air quote, good at it, (laughs) you know, and there's no such thing as being good or bad in meditation or mindfulness. If you, the the success comes from just the practice, right? So, you know, people think they're not good because, oh, I have a thought. I have a thought every second. We all do. You know, I've been meditating for like 20 years. I still have it every time I sit, but the success is in the practice. So again, it's not about good or bad. It's just about starting over, beginning again, or going to the tools that you know resonate for you that help you come to this moment right here, right now. What does success look like? What, what are you looking like? What is the end goal? Maybe this is a ridiculous question, but what is the end goal with mindfulness and meditation and and any of this is it what what is the actual end goal yeah well listen it's not a ridiculous question and everybody that listens to your podcast probably is very goal oriented <laughs> i'm sorry i can't help myself no, I get it. and i and i it's perfect it's a perfect question i work and i work with ceos i do like i work with like it runs the gamut and so i know my audience and but they're all consistently they're all people who are are working so you know success looks like When I'm having a moment that feels really stressful, what can I turn to, to bring me into this moment, to bring me more calm, to bring me more focus, to bring me more clarity? Like that is success. Success is being able to bring it into your own life, right? To bring it into your own situation. If all you're doing is, 
okay, I did it. I, I sat for one minute and, or, you know, I used this technique for one minute this morning and then you go into your day and it's completely chaotic and all you're doing is like reacting and instead of being in control and having some intention with how you're moving through your day, um, you know, that the success is that the success is, is relying on it because think about it too. When you're in a state of complete stress and complete chaos, that is not where your best thinking is done, right? It's not, you can't open up to creativity. You can't open up as well. You're not receptive. You can't open up to collaboration. You can't think clearly, right? When you're in a more calm state or in a flow state, this is where you're going to be able to, you know, come up with your solutions and have that great brainstorm. Um, so that's success, you know, so, and how do you get there? It's, it's what, you know, I was saying about, you just need the consistency, right? So it's not about, don't worry about the length of time. Don't worry if you're doing it right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. Just, you know, learn some of the techniques that will work for you and put them into practice, practice them in the morning, practice them in the afternoon, and then you'll see how they start to weave into your day and help you. So if we want to learn more about your practice to do this with you, where do we find it? How do we follow you? What do we do? Yeah. Yes. So I'm, you can come to my website, which is this, like T-H-I-S, Momentum. So thismomentum.com. Um, when you get there, you'll find a newsletter. If you are so moved to sign up for that, it's not going to be, it's probably monthly that it will be, you know, not a lot in your inbox. There's also uh, an email for me. So it's Lenore, L-E-N-O-R-E at thismomentum.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Lenore Moritz and Momentum has a page as well. Fantastic. And you've given us a lot to think about and a lot of great advice but just to wrap up, is there one piece of advice that has helped you through your life and your career that you could please share with us? Um, sure. You know, I, I think it will sound very familiar to a lot of people, but it really, I believe in it a lot. So it's trust yourself and believe in yourself. And if you don't trust and believe in yourself, it makes it harder for others to do so. So let's, you know, make it easier for them by, you know, trusting yourself and, you know, celebrating the unique flavor that everyone brings to the table. So that's, that's my advice. I love it. Thank you. And it's working so well, clearly for you. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for listening. Thank you.